Uh, today's daf is Yotet, 19. We pick up second line from the top. Also, third day of the Omer. Public service announcement. There's some good apps out there for your phones to remind you every day what Sphere is. Just saying. Since I've had the apps, I haven't missed counting. Okay, second line from the top. Yotet Abdalaf. Shabbos and Yantav is a problem. Tadar Abanan. Kli shenit memir of Yom Tov. Ein matilin oto benish masha. So we've been talking about the fact that you can't do tefillas kalim on Shabbos and Yantav. Um, and all these like uh, technical differences or, or um, between whether it was or not so technical, whether it became tamay on Yantav or before Yantav, whether you're doing it to focus on the water, which is allowed, or the kli, which is not allowed. Now we deal with the question about um, suffix. So it became tamay on Erev Yantav. Can't, you can't do it by Mashos because it might already be Yantav and then you can't do it. It's an Isidur so, um uh, also Shimon Shizuri Omer, Even on a weekday, we wouldn't let somebody do it, because it needs nightfall to be Tahor, right? The same way a person who goes to the mikvah, he's only fully Tahor at nightfall, so if you put a cleave in the mikvah, it's only fully Tahor when it, hits, when it becomes nightfall. By the way, I should mention that's not relevant for us for like when a woman who's Anita goes to the mikvah because this uh, residual tum'ah only has relevance for like, uh, you know, for like eating truma and kudshin. Um So, <laughs> nevertheless, it needs hair shemesh. So what's the problem? So the problem is, is that if this guy does it right before nightfall, he's going to, or right at Benar Shmarshos, so Rashi says it sounds like he's ready to, he, why is he doing it at this time? Obviously because he wants to use it tonight. So he's going to use it tonight. It's obvious it's clear. It's, he's not going to have Arab Shemesh because he only dunked it in the mikvah Bein Hashemashos. It might already be night. So therefore, we shouldn't let a person use the mikvah when it's already Bein Hashemashos. According to that logic also, we shouldn't let them use the mikvah at night because want, it shows that they want to use it tonight. Although obviously you can understand that Bein Hashemashos is particularly problematic. If they use it at night, they realize it doesn't have Arab Shemesh. If they're using the Bein Hashemashos, they persuade themselves that they got it in while it was still daytime and then it became night and maybe it'll say well maybe it's safe to Herod Shemesh so doing it Benosh Mashos you will allow you to fall into this trap of not waiting till it's fully nightfall before or till it's the next night in order to use it so Rabshim Shazuri doesn't want to allow a person to use it again it's quite interesting because who are the people that need to wait to Herod Shemesh as I said it's only, eating, only if you're eating Trumor Kudshim how many you know of those are really not going to like know the Halacha but as I said maybe it's not, not knowing the Halacha maybe it's persuading yourself that you got it in before it became nightfall and therefore you got hair of Shemesh when you really did not. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. The Tanakama will buy hair of Shemesh so the Tanakama doesn't require it meaning, you know, question mark, exclamation point. How does he address this concern about doing it during the weekday at Benesh Mashos? So, I found the rabbis, meaning the rabbinic students in the, in the, you know, in the yeshiva, the Yasuyakarmi, and they were sitting and saying, Amri, we can say, The debate is, how much can you see a person's intentions through his actions? Meaning, how much, by the way, is he acting? Does that indicate that he is enough, knows what's going on, and therefore we don't have to have this concern? What's the case? Um, you see him taking a vessel in his hands and he's running and it's, about, it's like it's already and he's running to get to the mikvah so you see though that he's running he clearly understands that there's some urgency so so the approach that says we let him do it so again this is during the week we let him do it it says look the fact that he's running shows that he understands that he's got to get there before nightfall if he wants the nightfall to count as Herav Shemesh so from his actions it's clear he knows what the halacha is so we don't have to tell him he can't do it uh, now of course if he knows he needs to have Shemesh and he gets in it's already Mashos, why is he doing it so Rashi says no he gets there he realizes he missed the time but then he's already at the mikvah with his kui so he's going to use it but the fact that he was running to get to the mikvah right before sunset shows he understands the importance of sunset and we don't have to make a gzera Umar Savar Machmas Malachta Hu Dekarahit Nah, people run because, you know, they have a job 
to do, they have work, they, they can't waste time. It doesn't prove that he understands the importance of sunset. Okay, so that's the question. Do we really have to make a gzera if somebody's doing it by Nashmashos? And they said, the question is, you know, most of the time, you'll see somebody running to get there by Nashmashos, whatever, it's clear he knows what the halacha is, he understands the issues, you don't have to make a gzera. And the other says, it's, all, it's not always so clear. That's what the rabbinic student said. No, that we can sort of interpret a person's intentions through his actions. Everybody agrees that, that's, that, that we, don't, we don't debate that. Keep Pligi, what would be the debate? I mean, and that we could assume we, know, we can see his intentions and that he's aware that it needs nightfall. What would the debate be? And not a case of guy running. Somebody became, something became tame with less than an adasha, less than like a bean size, a lentil size of a, like a dead bug, a dead uh, rodent. And he went to the rabbi to ask, does this become tame if it touched something, a, bu- a rodent smaller than the size of a kiadasha? Now the answer is no, it didn't. But he had another clea that he had to be tova. But he came to ask about this clea. So, Marasavar, me the hologram, look, the guy's such an Amaret, he doesn't know this halacha of Pachos Mikiadasha. So, have Shemesh Nami Logamir. So, he also wouldn't know the halacha that you needed nightfall. So, this type of a guy, we're not going to allow to, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to use the mikvah of Enosh Mashos, because clearly he doesn't know laws of Tumantara. Umarasavar, and the other one holds, no, Hahu de Logamir, that halacha of uh, the, the minimum size, that he doesn't know. So, says, that's not written anywhere in the Torah. I have Shemesh Gummer, but the fact that you need nightfall to make it fully tar, that he could know. That's a more common halacha that's written in the Torah and so on. I have to say, this whole thing is very bizarre, because it's like, it's talking about a highly specific case. Like, are we talking about making a gazera? Are we talking about giving advice to somebody? And if he's right there and asking you about Paul's Mikiadasha, so tell him, by the way, don't use the mikvah tonight, because it's going to require Shemesh. So what does it mean? It means it's not this case, it's another case. So we're going to, like, I mean, it's crazy. What are we talking about? I identifying individuals based on their knowledge and ignorance and then telling them whether they can use the mikvah. It's like we have a policy whether you can use the mikvah once it's already sunset. You have to ask, answer a quiz and if you do well on the quiz we, I don't really understand like what are we talking about? A gzera, an attitude? Maybe we're talking about a general attitude um, but I don't know. Alright, I should, I will say something else which is the phrase masav tom nikeris mitoch masav is interesting because it's also used in very different contexts like a question about a minor and can you assume a minor has das in halacha or doesn't have das um, you know or has kavana doesn't and how much that you can sort of judge a person's intentions you know here it's basically judging your intentions we understand you're a bar das but we want to get to what you're thinking but there's another question about just using it to assess how much intelligence you know a minor does have if you see them acting in an intelligent way and in a way that's thoughtful and planned and so on whether that then becomes relevant for halachic purposes as well Right, exactly. To make sure there's something else they don't know. Exactly. <laughs> right, that's a good point too. How will they ever know the halacha? You're not supposed to do a benoshmoshos unless we have a very unless we're in control of the mitzvahs and we and we turn them away. All right. Now there's this. The last line of the mission was very um, was very uh, vague. It said, you can be tovel, although you can't be tovel on Shabbos and Yantif, you can be tovel from back to back and from chabura to chabura, from group to group. What does that mean? So, Tana Rabbanan, a rabbi taught, this is the Tosefta. Ketan nigav ligav. What does it mean from back to back? Harotzelasos kito al gav. Now, our gears is kado, which is your uh, picture. But probably the better gears is bado, bad, a base habad. So, a gat, right, and a base habad, is the cases of are you is agat agat is like where you press olives and a base abad is where you press grapes. So the point is that you were metahir your kalim because you were going to make olive oil and you wanted to use them for your olive press. Um, and um, you wanted it to be pure. You wanted it to sell it to Kohanim or whatever. And then you decided I'm going to use these vessels not in my olive press, I'm going to use them in my wine press. 
Okay, now, of course, the point is, who cares? Like, you're still, <laughs> they're Tahor. It's not like you're going from Truma to Kachim with different levels of Kedusha, of Tahara. So the point is, you're right. You don't really need to take him to the mikvah again. But you, for some reason, like every time you get ready to use your wine press, you take all the vessels to the mikvah. And every time you get ready to use your olive press, you take all your vessels to the mikvah. So you took all your olive press vessels to the mikvah. Now you want to reuse it for your wine press. So those, so you want to re-betovel them. So you want to do that on Yantav Guzunta hate. It doesn't even need, you don't need to do it. So you want to do it, be my guest. Okay, the kado or your vessel, or it should be ubado agav gito osa. You can do it because you really don't need it to do it at all anyway. So you want to do it because of the hate. Keta mechabur lechabur. What does it mean from one group to the next? Haya ocha bechabur zov. Rotsa lecha bechabur bechabur acharet. You were eating with one group and you wanted to go eat with another group. Now the whole use of the phrase chabura, Rashi says specifically, is al pischo. Okay, um, and now, now once you started. Um, eating with one group, you're actually not allowed to take a Pesach from Chabura le Chabura. So Haya Ocha must mean you intended to eat with one group. And then you changed your mind and you wanted to eat with another group. Um, so you want to now be say, oh, I have to tova my kalim to be, to, to be together with this group. Somehow you have that in your head that you have to be tova your kalim new whenever you're joining a group. So maybe again, that was your practice. Whenever you're about to join a Pesach group, you bring your kalim to the mikvah because you want it all to be tar for the Pesach. So now you, it's before the Shrita, now you switched groups, so you had wanted to bring him again. So that type of a thing, you can go ahead, well, I don't know, because it's on Yantav, or maybe it's Shabbos before Yantav. Uh, but anyway, okay. So that type of thing you're allowed to do. Now I have to tell you, on the one hand, okay, this is obvious, it's not a halachic tefillah, but given all of the concerns that were raised, maybe you'll come to carry it, maybe it'll look like you're metakein, every single one of those concerns is just as relevant in this case, even <laughs> though so you're doing it for a narish purpose, right? So again, gets to the point that the Gemara raised before, that the concerns are just as relevant, but somehow in some form way, this isn't a halachic tvila. And since it isn't a halachic tvila, it's going to be allowed. The same way, there's no obvious difference whether it became Tameh Erev Yantav or An Yantav, or whether it became Tameh with an Avatuma or a Shani Lutuma. And somehow still, we allow some and we don't allow others. So, it's very hard to understand, given the nature of whatever the concerns were, why we make these distinctions. But again, since technically this is not really a tvila that does anything, we allow it. Okay. So that was an interesting little digression about Tevila. Now we get back to what I would say some more direct yuntiv issues um, at, and at the biblical level as well. And here's a very famous debate around yuntiv. Bechamai says, um, You can bring shlomim on yuntiv, free will offerings, right, which you eat the meat, because then you're going to eat the meat, so that's a tzorach yuntiv, but you cannot do smicha on them. Smicha is putting your hands on the korbanot, and the problem with that is, is that you'd be resti- resting your weight on the, korb- on the animal, it's like using an animal on yuntiv, a rabbinic concern. Of a low olot, you cannot bring um, uh, uh, burnt offerings because you don't get any uh, food benefit from it. You can bring a, you can bring shlamim, which they tell me didn't agree, but didn't, didn't disagree. But two, you can also bring olot, even though you won't eat from them. and you can do smich on them. You can rest your weight on them. So at, at this level, their debate. So the debate is number one: Can you bring an olot, even though you don't won't be able to eat from it? Um, is bringing a korban a legitimate use to do malacha on yantiv? And number two, can you do smicha? Can you rest your weight on it? Is that a concern or not? Um, now, people might be familiar that this is like one of the earliest debates, or maybe the earliest debates in recorded debate in rabbinic history, right? And in the Chagiga, there's a whole list of the uh, Nasi and Beit Av going back hundreds of years um, that were always debating this issue of Kiduyi do smicha on shlamim when you bring them on yantiv. So I really just have to comment and say, I don't know why of all things this was the one thing that was debated first of all like it's a rabbinic point it's not you know the Christian of smicha the, the ola might be biblical is that a malach or not bringing an ola on yantav but the smicha is a rabbinic point and I don't know why of all things that's the one that was debated and it's also worth noting since I mentioned this earlier but I'll mention it again how much all of Meseches Beitza almost all of Meseches Beitza are debates of Beitza of Beitza Shammai right if you think about it almost every single mission was a debate of Beitza of Beitza Shammai 
whether it's Doraisa, it's about carrying, bringing Korbanot, whether it's Dorbanans about the egg and about the uh, Eruf Tavshilin, pretty much every single thing we've seen is a, is a Mishnah Beit Yel Beit Shammai. It's very, very rare that you have that, and this is almost the entire Mesechet. So I don't know why it is, but it seems that there's a lot of early material around issues of Yom Tov. So I'm, I just note that without really having a good explanation. Uh, this is um, smicha is not maki. That's true. Oh yes, and that's why Beit Shammai says it's possible to bring without doing smicha. That is correct. Okay, so let's say try to get t- try to refine exactly what this debate is. Amar um, Ula says Ula machlokas b'shlamei chagiga lismo v'olas v'iyali kareiz. Which type of shlamim and which type of olas are we talking about? So Ula says they're debating when the Beit says you can bring shlamim and Beit and Beit say you can bring shlamim. They're talking about shlami chagiga, right? It says every time the Torah says you should make it like chag lahashem, right? Chag hamatzot, chag azukot, the chagosemo so chag lahashem. What does it mean to make it into a chag? So Chazal understand it means that there's an obligation specifically to bring a shlamim, which is called a shlami chagiga, shlami because of the rejoicing of the chag, and that's an obligation to bring on Yantiv. And if you don't bring it on Yantiv, then you can bring it on Cholamoed. So when is it that Big Shammai will concede that you can bring a Shlomim on Yantiv that's only for Shlomi Chagiga? I should point out that there's one Yantiv that you have to bring it on Yantiv and you can't bring it on Cholamoed, which is? Shurus. So if Chag means Shlomi Chagiga, right, everybody has to agree that you can bring Shlomi Chagiga on Yantiv. And that has two things. Number one is it's a Chiv of the day. And number two is, is that, it's, is that you eat from it. So it's certainly something that can be done on Yantif. Okay, although again, it could be the yeah, other be done on Cholomoed, on Pesach, and Shavu, and Sukkot. So Shlomi Chagig is the one that they both agree can be brought. And we smoke, the debate is whether you can do smicha. Now, how about the issue about what Ola does Beit Hillel say you can bring? Similarly, the Ola Ri'ya Likarev. The debate about the Ola is the Ola Ri'ya. When it says, Yei Ra'e all your males should appear before God, we are talking about a Ola Ri'ya, about an Ola that is brought um, that is brought to show, like to bring your presence. For lo you shall not see my face empty-handed. It's through the ring of an ola. Okay, so that again is an obligation of the chag, and that's where Beit Hillel says you can bring it, and Beit Shammai says you cannot. Now, I actually a little bit um, misstated, or not, you know, or, or you know, before, because what do you do on? If that, what I said before was correct, that you that you know that uh, you have to bring it on Shuas only on Yantiv itself. Then, according to Beit Shammai, how are you ever yot? say Ri'ia on Yantiv on Shavuos right you have to come three Regalim Lo Yera Upanai Rekam so you, you have to bring an Ola and he doesn't let you bring an Ola Ri'ia on Yantiv so, so the halacha is is that the same way on Pesach and Sukkot you have days after the first day Yantiv to make it up if you miss your Shlomei Chagiga with a Chazar learned that the same is true by, um, by Shavuot so according to Beit Shammai you would never actually do your obligation of Ola Ri'ia on Shavuot itself. You would only do it in the days after Shavuot that we learn out from the extra days of Pesach and Sukkot. Okay, so there is opportunities for makeup even for Shavuot. So what he's saying is, the whole possibility of bringing Korbanot is the Korbanot of the Chag. Uh, the, the Shlami Chagiga everybody agrees you can bring because it has a chiv of the Chag and you can eat from it the whole debate is doing smicha and Oos Ri'iyah where you're not eating from it that's the debate of Beit Hillel Beit Shammai do you bring it on the Yantiv or do you bring it on the days following Yantiv now what's that debate about to Beit Shammai Savi the Chagosemoso Chag Hashem. you should make it into a you know into a festival for God Chagiga in so it's Chag that's what you have to do Oos Ri'iyah so the, it presumably understands that the double language of Chagosim or Sochag means on the Chag itself, on the Yantiv itself is when you bring the Chagiga, but the Ola isn't mentioned, you don't bring the Ola. No, it says Chag Lahashem. Anything that is, that is for God, any Korban, not any Korban, but any, any Korban of, of the Chag that is for God can be brought. Aval, Nidarim Vinidavos, Stevia Kroll, ain't craving Biyamtov. But when it comes to free will offerings that's not related to the Chag, everybody would say you don't bring it. Now, I want to just remind you about putting this in a larger context. You'll remember before we had a whole debate about carrying on Yantav between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, right? 
So, and the one way the Gemara read it, which seemed to be the way the Gemara was going, is do we say mitoch shehutra litzorach, chutra namishalol litzorach? And the application was, if you bring an, an, an olaf nidava on yantav, are you, are you, are, do you get malchus or not? Where it says you get malchus for Beit Shammai, but not for Beit Hillel. So although here the Gemara is saying that even Beit Hillel agrees you don't bring an Olaf Nedava, it, it might be that if you did bring it, you would not have violated. Okay, so Beit Hillel's more lenient approach is consistent with an earlier Gemara idea that Beit Hillel holds of mitoch. And once you can do shechita for food purposes, you can do it even for Ola, even for Korbanot, and maybe even if you did an Olaf Nedava, you wouldn't get malchus. Whereas Beit Shammai basically does not hold of mitoch, and he only allows it for food, and he only allows, if you're going to do it in the context of a korban, he only allows it if it is a shlami chagiga. Let me say one other word about that. Why should Beit Shammai not want you to bring any shlami, even a shlami nedava? I mean, you're going to eat from it, so why is it different than just shechting in my backyard? Well, I'm not going to eat from the entrails and the fat. I wouldn't eat from the entrails and the fat anyway, so why can't I just bring the shlami, shlami nedava? Why only shlami chagiga? And the, what? Uh, so I can't, I can't shake the cow, I can only shake the chicken. I mean, we had shaking cows before. So it seems that the difference is, is that that's only eating from a shlumin is seen as, the, the eating is seen as a secondary intent. The primary purpose of a shlumin is still bringing it as a korban. Or at least it's not, it's not the primary, maybe it's some joint, or it's eating it in the context of a korban. It's not just eating it because to fill my stomach, okay? Now again, that's quite funny because you would think if there's any sense of joining the idea of simcha and achashel yechel chol nefesh on yantiv, bringing a shlami chagiyah would be the best way to eat meat on yantiv, right? So it is, we should note that it is a little bit ironic that Beit Shammai, even if they don't hold of mitoch, according to this, don't want you to bring a shlamim. According to this, even, you know, Beit Hila wouldn't want you to bring a shlamim if it wasn't shlami simcha. It was just stam a shlamim. Okay, but again, again, that's because presumably a shlami simcha is when you get those two coming together. It's a shlamim, but it's in the context of simcha sachag, and that brings it all together. But if it's not a shlami, well, we'll get to shlami simcha later. We're talking here about shlami chagiga. Okay, so anyway, I'm, I'm digressing too much. Let's get back. So it says like this. He says, that they debate the korbanos of the Chag, but if it's simple in the Dharm and the Davos, ain't craving the Yantav. Everybody would say you don't bring it on Yantav because that is, even though you'll eat from the meat, that's not related to the Chag. And as I said before, even if they tell a hold of mitoch and the Dev, it might be okay. But certainly, those you do not bring on Yantav, even though you'll eat from the meat, because fundamentally it's about bringing a korban. Free will sacrifices, nobody says you can bring on the Yantav. The whole issue here is the Ola and the Shlamin that is related specifically to the Chag. Meisve says, but I'll ask you on this. So nobody disagreed that if the Ola was not a, uh, an obligation of Yantav, it wasn't an Ola Sri'ah, that you do not bring it. Okay, that has nothing. It's A, not related to Yantav, and B, you don't eat from it. So everybody agrees an unrelated Ola you do not bring. Okay, so far it's what we've been saying. But here he says different than we said before. If it's a shlamim that is of a yantav, meaning a shlamim chadiga, it also, by the way, would include a shlamim simcha, which we'll see about. Even Beit Shammai would agree. Everybody agrees you do bring it on yantav. Aman nechlaku, what do they debate? Al ola she show yantav, al shlamim she'enam show yantav. If the ola was a, a was was a yantav ola, which is ola sriya, and shlamim, which is not related to yantav. Shabbat Shammai, I mean, lo yavi. Beitil, I mean, yavi. Beit Shammai says you can't bring, and Beitil says you can bring. So in which way is this different than what we said before? How it's different is, is that this has Beitil saying you can even bring shlamim she'enam shel yomtov. Okay? And he said that before that even Beitil would agree that if it's not yomtov related, you cannot bring what it. So we're not even so getting to that yet. I mean, that also seems subtly to be part of the difference as well. That he says there was no debate of a shlamim that was shel yomtov, which might mean that they would also agree to smicha. But we're not focusing right now on smicha. We're just focusing on the bringing of it. Okay? okay. Right. Well, we'll get back to the smicha later, but we first want to figure out the basic parameters. Okay? So 
the first approach of Ula was they're only discussing the korbanos of the Chag so even when they discuss whether or not you, you do smicha and a shlamim etc they're only the korbanos of the Chag and if it's not of the Chag even Beis Hill would say you cannot bring it and this approach says no that actually they're also that, that's true about the Ola nobody would think you could bring an Ola that's not of the Chag but when it comes to shlamim like I was saying before why should shlamim be a problem so that also is part of the debate they tell us it's fine to bring a shlamim even if it's not a shlamim of the Chag so how do you deal with that? So the Gemara says, Tarts Mahachi. All right, reinterpret it. It's not just going to be reinterpreting. We're going to change the text. Okay, so we're going to switch the text. And he, we're going to have him say what Ula said. If it's not a yunt of Korban, even a Shlamim, everybody agrees it cannot be brought. And everybody agrees that if it is a, two things that are good, it's Shlamim and it's related to the Chag that it can't be brought. The only thing they debated about bringing, as opposed to smincha, was the Ola, that was a Yantav Ola. Okay, so basically what we did is we cut and pasted in order to get it to be the same as Ula. But the simple sense of that Brita has that Beitila would allow you to bring a Shlamim even if it wasn't Shel Yantav for the reason I said before, that at least the Shlamim you're eating the meat. So that right now is the question. When Beitila lets you bring a, nobody thinks that Beitila lets you bring an Ola that's not related because you're not eating the meat and it's not related the question is would Beit Hillel let you bring a shlumim that is not a yunt of shlumim Rav Yosef Amar now Rav Yosef's response to this bright that contradicted Ula was Tanai Shekal Tamiela what you're just grabbing Tanaim out of, out of the air meaning okay you found a Tana that disagreed with Ula it's not like there are no other Tanaim in the world so Tanai it's a debate of Tanaim the time we turn to Bryce so shlumim are buying Machmas Yom Tov the Yontov, Shlomim that come for the sake of Yontov, Shlomim Chagiga or Shlomim Simchas, we'll see, that is brought on Yontov, do the smich on Erev Yontov, but you can't do it on Yontov, the Shochtan be Yontov, but those you can bring on Yontov, no, you can even do the smicha. but meaning what they're debating is a Yontov Shlomim, right, the, everybody agrees that you can bring it, the question is can you do smicha? Aval says the Brita, Nidarim Vinidavos, free will sacrifices that are not related to Yantiv, Divya Crow ain't craving the Yantiv. Everybody would agree cannot be brought. Okay? And that supports Ula's contention. So here we have the issue. Ula that is not related to Yantiv. Everybody agrees you cannot bring it. That's no question, okay? Although, again, I reminded you that we said earlier that according to Beit if you did bring an Ola, it could be that you, are, you don't get Malchus because of Mitoch. But certainly everybody agrees with Chatzila if an Ola is not related to Yantiv, you don't bring it. Everybody also agrees that the debate of Beit Hillel Beit Shammai about an Ola is about the Ola's Re'iyah, the Ola that you have to bring. That Beit Hillel would say the fact that you have to bring it allows it to be brought, Chag Hashem, and Beit Shammai says, no, bring it tomorrow. Okay, that's the debate that we all agree on relating to Ola, the Ola of Ola's Re'iyah. The question is, what's the issue of the Shlomin that they both are conceding can be brought? Is it only Shlomei Chagiga? And every other shlamim that's not yantav related, everybody agrees cannot be brought. Or does Beit Shammai go so far to allow you to bring even shlamim that is not related to yantav? Because in the end of the day, you're going to be eating the food. Okay. So now the Gemara says like this: Vahani tanai ki hani tanai. These tanayim that are debating the question of bringing a shlamim that is not a yantav shlamim, but bringing it on yantav, is like the following debate of tanayim. The time we turn to Brisa. Okay, that's pretty obvious. You don't bring a toda, uh, which is a type of a shlamim, but it's only eaten for one day, and it comes with loaves of matzah and chametz, and it's specifically for the sake of Thanksgiving. You don't bring it on Pesach because you can't bring the chametz that's part of the, that korban. But guess what? You also can't bring it on Shavuot because there's no Cholomoid on Shavuot and you can't bring it on Yantav which re- reflects the fact that a Shlomim that is not Nachmas Yantav that is not connected directly to Yantav cannot be brought on Yantav, right? Because there's no way to bring a Toda on Shavuot. So, if you have a Toda you need to bring, bring it on Sukkot. Okay. Rabbi Shimon Omer, that's the Tanakhama. Rabbi Shimon says, Harei um, Omer, the Pesach says, V'chag ha-matas, v'chag ha-shavuos, v'chag ha-sukos. So it connects all of these three korbanot. 
Okay, all three three chagim, right? V'lo yiru panai rekam. Kol shabab b'chagam matzos, b'chagam shavuz b'chagam sukkos. Anything that can be brought on on uh, Pesach can be brought on Shavuot and Sukkot. Kol shalom b'chagam matzos, and it can't be brought on Pesach. Enu b'chagam shavuz b'chagam sukkos cannot be brought on Shavuot and Sukkot. Which sounds like he's saying the Gemara is going to try to understand what he means, but it sounds like he's saying since you can't bring a toda on Pesach. You can't bring it on Sukkot either. The Gemara is going to say, what? You can't bring a, a, pet, a korban on Chol Moed? Sukkot? Like, why not? But that's what it sounds like he's saying. By the way, Tosa switches the Girsa, and Tosa says it really should read, Kol Shabbat B'chag HaMatos U'b'chag HaShavuos B'chag HaSukkos. If you can't be bring it on Pesach and on Shavuot, you also can't bring it on Sukkot. Okay, the Gemara will try to figure out what that means. We'll put that aside for a moment. Yes. Is this the only Korban that comes because of this? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now, okay, so, so, okay, so, so but, but, but the, we, we so, so far do not seem to have debated the fact that you cannot bring a Toda on Shavuot, which is because it is a Shwami not related to the Khan. Now, this also does not seem to be any, an issue that was debated before. He's just as pointing out that if you brought your Toda on Sukkot, which is when everybody says you can bring it, you fulfill your obligation of Simcha, but not of Chagika. What does that mean? It means the following. And I was maybe um, throwing it in before a little bit too soon. There are two types of shlamim that are related to Yantav. One is a shlame chagiga. A shlame chagiga is based on the pasuk of the chagos and also chag. What it means to do a chag is to bring a shlamim that represents the chag. The other is a shlame simcha, which is a kiyum of the pasuk of ustesamachta talve pecha, like simchas Yantav. Now, the fact that it's a kiyum of simcha has mostly to do with the fact that you're going to eat the meat. Meaning, let's say you brought a shlamim and you didn't eat the meat. Are you really yotze or not? Or let's say somebody invited you to eat from their shlame simcha. There, it's much more about eating the meat than about bringing the korban. But specifically, the meat of a korban. Not just stam meat, but the meat in the context of, you know, God. And the meat in the context of a korban. That's what a shlame simcha is. Um, and that's the idea what, when we learn in Sukkot that the mitzvah of simcha applies throughout the regal and so on. Specifically, it's in the context of shlame simcha. Which is why Chazal say that nowadays that we don't have korbanot, how do you translate what that simcha means? So it says men is for what with wine, women is with clothes, kids are with nuts. That famous Gemara about that, by the way, which is the Rambam's gear says nowadays it's with meat and wine, but that's not our gear in the Gemara. Our gear in the Gemara is just nowadays it's with wine, which adds to the whole question of whether people feel you have to have fleishchus on yantiv or not. Okay, but that's the idea of shlame simcha, which is yes, it's bringing a shlamim, but it's much more focusing on the eating of the meat than on the bringing of it, which leads to this question of. Of, can you fulfill your obligation of Shlame Simcha by a standing obligation you had already? You had obligated yourself, you took some trip, it was a dangerous journey, you, ob- you made a net there, you took some obligation to bring a Korban Toda. And you set aside and you sanctify an animal for your Korban Toda. Now you waited until the regal to bring it, because that's when you're going up to Yerushalayim anyway. Can you use this Korban Toda, which is a type of a Shlamim, and bring it and say, ah, I'll get two for the price of one. I'll bring my Toda, I'll eat the meat, it'll count as a Shlame Simcha, or I'll bring it and it'll count as a Shlame Chagiga. And the answer is, you can get two for the price of one for Shlame Simcha, but not for Shlame Chagiga. Why? Because by Shlame Simcha, as we said, it's not so much about bringing the Korban. It's more about eating meat that was brought as a korban. So therefore, it's not like I'm, uh, uh, there's no problem. I fulfill my obligation of a toda, and then I use the meat, and I'm doing also my obligation of simcha on the regal. Whereas by shlami chagiga, it's an obligation to bring a korban chagiga. And you cannot fulfill one obligation with another obligation. If you're going to, if you have a standing obligation, you can only fill it from something that is like, you know, not already pre-assigned to satisfy a, di- a, a, a pre-existing obligation. So that's what he says. When you eat from your toda, that counts as your mitzvah of simcha on yantav. It's simcha from the korban that was a shlamin that was brought on yantav. And there the obligation was more the eating and not the bringing. But you don't fulfill the obligation for chagiga because you can't use one obligation to satisfy another obligation. Okay. 
Yeah, except that the Pesach was brought on, was shechted on Er Pesach. Right. And actually, you have to actually bring the Korban on Yantav itself. Although you're right, it's a little bit funny based on the way I framed it, why that's true. But you do have to bring the Korban on Yantav itself. It has to be somehow, it's not just eating meat. It's meat that connects to a Korban that connects to the Chag, you know. But it's true, but it's a good point. But yes, if you shechted it Er Pesach, it wouldn't work. Okay, yes, now, yes. Yes. So that's another function that is served by the Chagiga that comes with the Pesach. That is true. The Chagiga that comes with the Pesach is brought on Er Pesach, so it's a different type of a Chagiga. It's not this Chagiga which is brought on Yantiv itself. Okay? Alright, so the Gemara says like this. Um, where are we? Um, okay. So now that doesn't seem relevant to our question either. The only thing that seemed relevant to our issue was can you bring the Toda on Shavuot, which everybody seems to agree that you cannot which seems to agree that you don't bring shlomim that are not related to the regel on the regel. Let's see what the Gemara does with this, how it tries to say that this ties into our debate. Amar Mar. So, which is a way of saying, let's go back and unpack with the brighter that we just quoted. You don't bring it on, 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 on Pesach because of the Chomets. Pshita, of course not. We're talking about not even bringing it on the 14th that you can't bring it. Why not? You can eat the, the, the chametz at least at the beginning of the day. Because you do not bring sacrifices to become invalid. You don't bring sacrifices in a context which it will be more, make them susceptible or increase the likelihood that they'll be invalid. If you bring a toda at the, the beginning of the morning of the 14th, you have very little time to eat all the chametz and you're running the risk that not the meat will become patsul, but at least the loaves of bread, which are also part of the sacrifices, will become invalid will have to be no tar and have to be burnt because you'll stop being able to eat them as soon as midday hits. Which is, by the way, the reason we don't say Mizmor Latoda on Erev Pesach. And why we don't say it on Pesach? Because you, of the Chameit Shabbat, you don't even say it on Erev Pesach. Okay. The low, so that's number one. When it says not on Pesach, it means even Erev Pesach. The low Be'atzeres means Yantav. And you can't bring it on, on Shavuot because it's Yantav. So that clearly ties into our discussion. That, that, that makes it clear that a shlamim, even a shlamim, if it's not related to the yantav, if it's something else, like a toda, cannot be brought on yantav, which is like Ula wanted to say, that, you, that both Beitel and Beit Shammai agree that you do not bring unrelated shlamim on yantav. But you can bring it on Sukkos. Amos, when does this mean? Elaim of Yomtov, Atmov, you mean Yantava, Martava, Lobatzeras, mean they shoot Yomtov. This is pretty straightforward. You already said we can't bring it on Shavuos because it's Yomtov. Ella, when it says you bring it on Sukkos, what does it mean? The Cholo Shamale. Fine. So far, very straightforward. Now let's get to the more, slightly more complicated parts of that Brighta. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Haleyu Omer, the Pasuk says, Bechaga Matas, Bechaga Shuos, Bechaga Sukkos. Koshaba, I'll read this. Tosus is here, so which works better. If you can bring it on those two yamin tovim, you can bring it on sukkot. Okay, and if you can't bring it on Pesach and Shavuot, you can't bring it on sukkot. Which sounds like he's saying, if you can't bring the toda on the first two holidays, you can't bring it on sukkot, even on Cholomoy sukkot, which is crazy. So Mastif where Reb Zera served, Zera asked on this, Hashta Seleusei Misaltinan, I don't get it, says Reb Zera. We can gather wood from the forest to make a fire on Cholomoe. You can do things which really are, you know, Malacha related, as long as they are somehow, you know, within the confines, within the parameters of Cholomoe, but you have a lot, a lot, a lot of latitude of what you can do on Cholomoe. And the Darmvin and Dabas and you're telling me that you can't bring certain types of korbanos? I mean, what a better time to bring korbanos than on Cholomoid, right? So you really are telling me you can't bring a toad on Cholomoid Sukkis just because you can't bring it on Pesach? So Amar Bai, so Bai says, you're right. That's not what he was talking about. I mean, it sounded like that, but that's not what he was talking about. Bring your toda on Cholomoid Sukkis. Nobody debates that. That's not what he was talking about. And what Abai says here is, 
And Rashi says he's not just making like an ukimta for this one line. He's really telling you what the whole point of this whole brighta was. Like, ask yourself, what was the point of this brighta? What was its basic focus? And Abayi says the basic focus was the question of Baal Ta'acher. Right? The Torah says, You cannot postpone satisfying your obligations to God, which means if you, if you made a neder bringing a korban. And the question is, Chazal understand that that's related to the idea of the regalim. Because it's on the regalim when you come to the base of Mikdash, which is your greatest opportunity to satisfy your obligations. And the assumption generally is, although we'll see in a minute, not everybody is, agrees that you have a, a cycle of the regalim to bring it. The question is, when do you start counting the cycle? Is it Shalok Kisidran or only Kisidran? Is it once there have been three regalim and you did not bring your korban, you were over on Baal Ta'acher or only once you've gone through the cycle in the nor- if starting from the no, beginning no, no. starting from Pesach. And that's what is being debated here. You, it's a scenario where he says the whole writer is talking about the Baal Ta'acher question. And it's talking about a scenario that you made a negative to bring a toga. And the question is, Joe, move your foot here. You're, you're on the wire here. Thank you. You made a net there to bring a toga. And the question is, when, when is, is your opportunity to bring it so you don't transgress Baal Ta'acher? So the first opinion said, you've got to bring it on Sukkot. You can't bring it on Pesach. You can't bring it on Shuvah. You've got to bring it on Sukkot. And the implication being, if you didn't bring it on the first Sukkot, you're over on Baal Ta'acher, right? If you, if you went through Pesach and Shavuot, and now it's Sukkot, this is your one and final opportunity to bring it without being over on Baal Ta'acher. Now, it's in that context, what does Rav Shimon Shizuri say? So let's take what Rav Shimon says. So what does Rav Shimon say? So it says, Tanakama Savar, Shlosh Regalim Amarachmana, a few Shlokas Idran, that you have three Regalim to bring it, and without that, you're over. So, if, so, you won't be able to bring it on Pesach. You won't be able to bring it on Shuvah. You better bring it on. You better bring it on Sukkot. And if you don't bring it on Sukkot, you blew it. And it doesn't matter what order. Sukkot is the one regal you have a chance. Now, of course, what you could do is when you go up for Shavuot, you could bring it after Shuvah. So when you go up for Pesach, you could bring it a day early or a day late or something like that. But that's the context. If you're going to bring it on the regal, the one regal to bring it is Pes- is, is Sukkot. Um, Right, Afilu Shalok Right, so Reb Shimon Sabar, now Reb Shimon holds, Kisidran in Shalok Kisidran Lo, only Kisidran. And how does he read it? He reads it the following. He says, if you didn't bring it, Kol if you didn't bring it on Pesach and on Shavuot, then you better bring it, then, you know, um, then Enoba, you know, um, well, how do you read the Enoba? Um, uh, you'll be over, I guess you read it, if you do not bring it on Ben Sukkot. But if you, but right, but if you did, meaning that if it, but meaning it had to have been that order, is the way you read it. It's still a little hard to fit into the word, but. The term what? Yes. Right. Right, but that would, that would be the Tanakama who says that. You can only bring it on Sukkot, and if you're not bringing it on Sukkot, you're going to wind up basically being over. That's essentially how we're reading the Tanakhama. Where we're reading Rip Shimon, who says, no, only if it first didn't bring it on Pesach, only if you went in the order, you first didn't bring it on Pesach, and then you didn't bring it on Shukot. Let me just see how Rashi reads the exact words. Hold on one minute. Kol Kamatsos. Um... Okay, Rashi reads it. Oh, Rashi reads Koshabakagamatsu. It's meaning anything that was, you were already obligated to bring it. Oh, that's what he reads it. If you were Koshabakagamatsu, if you were obligated to bring it already by Pesach, and you have the opportunity to bring it by Pesach, and the opportunity to bring it on Shavuos, then you'd better bring it on Sukkot. Okay, because then it's the right order. But if you didn't have the opportunity to bring it on, on Pesach and Shavuot, you didn't yet have your obligation then, then ain't no but you don't have to bring it this Sukkot because you'll have another Sukkot to bring it and you'll be able to bring it later. Okay, it's still a very funny way of articulating it, but that's the point. The first one says, you, you better bring it on Sukkot, the order doesn't matter. And the Reb Shimon says, only if you had the opportunity, only if the process started on Pesach is your last chance Sukkot. But otherwise, you'll have another chance. Kisidrin in Shiloh Kisidrin Lo. Rebbe Lezab Reb Shimon Omer. Now how about Rebbe Lezab Reb Shimon? That's a different point. Maybe Adam Tzadzos Vachagas Sukkos. You can bring your Toda on Sukkot. Okay. E 
now, let's take a look. And, but, so his focus of Rebbe Lezbikshim was primarily whether you fulfill your um, obligation in terms, whether you can use your toja to satisfy other obligations. But we're also going to read it in the context of this debate. So let's take a look. He says, if you want to address Bata Acher, you'd better bring your toja on Sukkot. Ema. Now, when is he talking about? If he says, you better bring your toja on Cholomoed Sukkot, Hainitanakama. So that's the Tanakama who says, you had better bring it on, A, you, you can't bring it on Yantiv, on Shuas, etc. You only can bring it on Cholomoid. You better bring it on Cholomoid Sukkot. And order doesn't matter. Ella, Biyomtov. It must be, if he's going out of his way and saying, bring it on Sukkot, the only way he'd be different than the Tanakama is to tell you you can even bring it on Yantiv. Because Savar and Adarman and Dovah's craving Biyomtov. And he holds that you can, that, that you can even bring not related Shlomim on Yantiv. Now, if that's true, that he holds that you can bring it on Yantav. Again, it seems a little forced because it seems like his only point there was to discuss using a toda to satisfy other obligations. But because he repeated this line, you bring your toda on Sukkot, and we want to make that line different, we're going to say he means you can even bring it on Yantav of Sukkot. But if that's true, then why mention Sukkot? You could even bring it on Shavuos, right? Because you can bring it on Yantav. So, so, so the Messiah says, Rebelez, Reb Shimon, the time. He's going according to another position. Because remember, we said the whole theme here was the Balta Acher's theme. The time we turn to Bryce, Rebelez, Reb Shimon, Omer, Lo Yomar, don't, uh, it, it didn't have to say Chag HaSukos. It could have just said, Bechag HaMatas, Bechag HaShavuos. Shabokas of Adabah, because the, the, the list of the three Regalim come in the Torah at the end of mentioning all three, and at the end of describing Sukkot. So why didn't you have to repeat Sukkot? Could it just said Chag HaMatzah Sukkot It's a pretty funny question. So Lama Nemar, why did it repeat Ube Chag HaSukkot? Lomar Shizeh Acharon. To tell you that that's the last one. Meaning, this is Reb Shimon's position that you need Kisidron. That you only are over in Balta Acher when Chag HaSukkot comes at the end. When you've been through all three, starting with Suk Pesach and ending with Sukkot. Rebbe Lezeb Reb Shimon Omer, no, even more than that. Lomar Shezeg Gorain, the only one that matters is Sukkot. You don't need the order, and not only do you not need the order, but you can start in the middle. He says, oh, once Sukkot is the only Chag where you have to bring, where you have to bring your Chorbanot, and if you don't, you're over in Balta Acher. So if you made a Neder a day before Sukkot, and you passed over Sukkot, you're over about to Acher. If you made it, Sukkot's the deadline, right? Regardless of when you made your netter. You made it a day after Sukkot, you got a year to bring it. You made it a day before Sukkot, you got Sukkot to bring it. It ends by Sukkot to tell you, all Chobanot have to be brought by Sukkot. Pretty fascinating. Maybe it's evoking back that idea that Sukkot also, you know, there are two calendars in the Torah. There's the one that starts with HaKodesh Hazel Lachem, where Pesach is the beginning, and the Regalim always have Pesach in the beginning, but then there's the also one, which is that Sukkot is Kufat HaShanah, or Betzet HaShanah, right? It's the end of the year, right? And the whole Rosh Hashanah Association. So he says Sukkot is always the deadline for Korbanot, and that's why the Torah repeated Sukkot. Now, how is this relevant to us? Because it's reading his statement that he is saying, you've got to bring it on Sukkot, so A, to make him different than the earlier opinions that said you can also bring it on Cholomoy Sukkot, we haven't been saying Yantav of Sukkot, but if it's Yantav of Sukkot, then you could also bring it on Shuas. No. Because remember, Abai said the whole context here was Bata Acher. So what he's saying is, sure, if you want to bring it on Shuas, because then to hate. But you're, you have to bring it, when Sukkot comes along, you have to bring it on Sukkot. That is the deadline date, and there you can bring it even on the Yantav of Sukkot. So what we have done is we've made this basically about Balta Ate, and we sort of have forced into Rebbe Lezebreb Shimon when he's saying Sukkot to have him say Yantiv of Sukkot to be this earlier debate about whether you can bring Shlomim on Yantiv, whether Shlomim that are not related to the Yantiv can be brought on Yantiv. But what the Gemara is primarily focused on in this context is the issue of Balta Ate. So let's just repeat what we've got. Ola cannot be brought by debate bringing an Ola on Yantav. The Gemara claims and has not yet questioned the idea that everybody agrees that at most an Ola's Ria, but if, uh, an Ola that's a Nedron and a Dava not related to Yantav. Everybody, even Beitzilel would agree, could not be brought. Again, maybe you're not, oh, you're not over, maybe we say mitoch, but everybody would agree cannot be brought. The big debate is the shlamim, that they're debating about smicha, but what type of shlamim are they assuming can be brought on yantiv? So, 
certainly shlame that are related to the yantiv, shlame chagiga, uh, presumably shlame simcha as well. The question is, shlame that are not related to the yantiv, can those be brought? So according to one version, that's part of the debate of Beit Hillel Beit Shammai, and according to the other version, Ula's version, no. That even, Beit Hillel would also agree, since it's not related to the yantiv, even though you're going to eat from it, cannot be brought. So that's the key question, shlame that are not related to the yantiv. And now we've said that's the debate going on in this writer, which discusses bringing a toda on Cholomoed Sukkot. That seems to be the idea. Agree with that idea. You do not bring Shlomim on Yantiv. And then the last position of Reb Shimon that says bring it on Sukkot. Reb Lezik Reb Shimon that we say means even on Yantiv of Sukkot that you can bring Shlomim on Yantiv. Okay. Um, in general, you bring three Gavanos. Olos Shlomim Chagiga and Shlomim and Shlomim Simcha. Correct. Okay. Now the last point of Reb Lezik Reb Shimon the Yotzei Bo Mishum Simcha the Yotzei Bo Mishum Chagiga so, pshita, it's obvious you can't use your toga to satisfy your chagig obligations. Your shlame chagiga is an ob- ob- obligation, and obligatory things can only be satisfied by things that are not already sanctified. Again, the, I think the bigger chiddush is that you can use it for your shlame simcha. But the Gemara says it's a, not a chiddush at all that you can't use your toga for your shlame chagiga. No, it's coming to tell you you can't use your toda for your shlomi chagiga even if you explicitly said that's what you wanted to do. What's the example? Somebody says, I will, here's this toda, I accept the obligation of a toda, but I'm going to use it to satisfy my chagiga obligations. So maybe since you stipulated at the time you took the vow, you should be able to get two for the price of one. Or somebody said, Hareini Nazir, I'm going to be a Nazir. But when I have to bring the Korbanos of the Nazir, I'll use my Maeser Shani money. So you stipulated at the time you took the vow that you're going to do it with using it some other obligation to satisfy that Korban. Mahu, what's the halacha? Amalei said back to him, Nadir ve'ena Yotzei, Nazir ve'ena Megaleach. The vow takes effect, and you ha- you're obligated in the Torah, but you can't use it for your Chagiga and your Nazir, but you can't use your Meister Shani money. Now, why not? You might have said it's like a Masna Mashakot of the Torah. You're trying to stipulate against the way the whole, you know, the whole um, uh, Torah sort of sets up the system. But then you should say, you know, so that's one way of formulating it, where we say the Tanai, we reject the Tanai, and the, the basic act is binding, because the Tanai was against the, sort of was contradicting Halacha. Um, the way Rashi says it is, as soon as you say the words Hareini Nazir, or you say the words Harei Toda, that kicks in. Those words already become effective. And then when you want to say Almanas, that's already not even, not relevant already. Your, your obligation kicked in and your Almanas doesn't do anything. If that's true, then it's about the order. And then we're going to, the, if you reverse the order, it might be different. And that's what we're now about to see in the next story. Let's take a look. A certain man said to people, now Amaluhu, the context is he's on his deathbed and he's saying to all the people that are around him, and this has the halacha of Matnus Shivmira, where the Gemara said a deathbed gift, um, sort of like a will, is binding and it takes effect immediately when the person says it, so that it doesn't, like, in order to not to do upset the person who's, uh, who's there, um, you know, with this illness and, on the, and, and, and about to die. So they gave it the power of being immediately binding. So he said to the people around him, Laploni, give 400 zoos to a certain person, and let him marry my daughter. So Amar of Papa, so says our Papa, Abramea Shakyo, the 400 zoos he can take, Ubarte, the daughter, if he wants, he can marry her, if he wants, he doesn't have to marry her, because it's two separate statements, or because first he said the 400 zoos, and then he only said the daughter afterwards, and as soon as he said the 400 zoos, that became binding. So the Gemara says, um, but if he said, let him marry my daughter, and then give him 400 zoos, if he takes it, he, if, if he marries her, he gets the money. If he doesn't marry her, he doesn't get the money. Because there, the, the second statement, that the 400 zuz, was, was said only after the precondition of let him marry my daughter was already said, so it was only said in that context. 
Okay, and we'll just read one more line about this. So Maremer was telling over this discussion in his own name about the fact that, you know, if you say the other statement, Hareini Nazir or Harei Ola first, it's binding regardless of the condition. And Amalei Ravina Lemaremer and the Maravina said, Atun Nisula. You teach it like as a Stam teaching, like anonymous. Anon, we, we have this as a tradition that Rabbi Yochanan Nasrach which is how the Gemara introduced it. So Tosus makes the obvious connection, and Tosus says, therefore, somebody said, that actually that would work. That actually the stipulation could work as long as it proceeded. So for Tosros, right, and you know, it's not, now there's a difference. That case is against a halachic requirement. The second case is not. So this is an interesting issue. Is the problem it's like masna mashikasu batora, or is the problem just the order in which you said it? Tosa suggests that if you reverse the order, it actually could work based on this uh, based on this second story, and this really ties into halacha in Hilchos Tnayim, where you need to have Tnai Kodem Lemasa. You first stipulate the condition, then you stipulate the act, to make it clear that the act is only being done in the context of the pre-stated condition. Okay.